0: Hello, hello everybody Welcome to Sheep Podcast The podcast all about podcasting And a thousand bazillion other things Um, Generally co-hosted by me Elsie Escobar and jessica kufferman but jess is not here today but i do have a very very special crow host today ariel nissenblatt is in the house Woo! that's me yay <laughs> <laughs> that's me yay i know and just as a quick super super Fast intro. Ariel is a community manager at Squadcast.fm. She is the founder of Earbuds Podcast Collective. And she's the co-host of the Sounds Profitable Podcast. Hey! How's that going by the way, Ariel?
1: That's good. I love all those yeah. things that you just mentioned. <laughs> That's so good. That's great. So how what's the like with the
0: Sounds Profitable, what's the scoop on that? Is that your are you like co-host? Are you doing a little bit more behind the scenes on that? What's your job in the show?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Sounds Profitable has a few weekly podcasts. One is the Sounds Profitable Ad Tech Applied podcast. That's the one that I co-host. And they also have the download in Spanish and in English. Mm -hmm. And um, for Ad Tech Applied, Brian Barletta usually chats with people in the podcast space about anything to do with the business of podcasting. And then I usually listen to the interviews and come in at the top and at the bottom to set them up and break them down. Okay. And then every once in a while, I will conduct an interview myself and then Brian will do that. So I recently spoke to um, Tom Webster about the summit that uh, Sounds Profitable had at Podcast Movement. And um, we put that up as a podcast episode, um, even though we did it live initially on Twitter Spaces, which was a fun Fun little test. The audio quality is not as awesome as this will be, but um, right. it was still really cool to have interaction with people in real time. That's awesome because I did see that on Twitter and I've been wanting
0: to do it. I've been wanting to test it out. I just I'm over Like it's one of those things where sometimes just getting behind the microphone is just such a heavy lift. I sometimes. feel you.
1: I have to record a weekly podcast for a weekly episode for earbuds I do a podcast recommendation podcast and sometimes even though I enjoy it yep. the physical act of like pressing go press I don't know what it is I don't know what it is and I do yep. enjoy it but getting there is something it,
0: and I know and it's totally strange because I think once I'm on it I love it so much I love the whole aspect of it I love the com- I love it and that but it's just that first like oh, I have to do it yeah I don't know oh. why
1: it's a very strange yeah, feeling
0: It absolutely is. By the way, I did not plan this, but how cool is it that this is coming out
1: on September 30th, International Podcast Day. I love it. I love (laughs) International Podcast Day. I love a holiday. Give me any reason to celebrate anything, but especially podcasts.
0: Oh, this is so good. So what are you doing? I mean, I know what you've been doing, by the way. Before, I got to call it out because you did not give that to me to like introduce you. But you are like, you know, all up in Twitters all over the place. like I'm
1: so active on Twitter. <laughs> doing all the Twittering uh, all the time. Yeah, I love Twitter. It's been very good for me. Um, I mean, mentally, for my mental health, no. But for my business <laughs> side of things, for, yeah. my, for my professional, even for like personal. I've made a lot of good friends on Twitter. Honestly, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Mental health wise, it's it's not terrible. There are some okay. trolls every once in a while who you're like, why are you doing what you're doing? But <laughs> yeah. other than that, I love it. I have just had a really really positive experience professionally on Twitter. Yeah, that's
0: so good. So what you've been doing though is you have been featuring is it a
1: weekly or a day is it a daily podcaster or every day for the month of September for International Podcast Month. I have been featuring a podcast person. Usually I really wanted to highlight podcast listeners, specifically people who listen to podcasts, don't necessarily make podcasts. It is very hard to find people who only listen to podcasts because a lot of people start as podcast listeners and then eventually become podcast creators, which is cool. I I like that. I like that flow for people. But um, it's really hard to find people who are just like, I love listening to podcasts and only listening to podcasts. So I've been featuring people who started as podcast listeners and then maybe now host their own shows or do something in the podcast space. But I've been asking them, you know, what are they listening to now that they love? What was the first podcast that they listened to? And a few other things, then featuring them with like a nice graphic that they can share. And it's produced some really cool interactions on Twitter. And it's a great way to show people off and show off some podcasts. So it's been really fun. That's awesome.
0: I love that. I'm always really conscious of the the idea of International Podcast Day that it is, it's like the Mother's Day, Father's Day, Parents' Day kind of thing where it's like you celebrate your mom and at the same time you recognize mothering. <laughs> and, then, like like, and then you say like, there's an element of like thankfulness to some degree. Like now that I think about it from the perspective of my kids as well, like congratulating them for having me, kind of <laughs> <way>. <laughs> for having me around. But yeah, in that respect, I, I've always wanted to really champion podcasting And I feel that now, finally, we're in a position where I can speak about podcasting and really champion it with the non-podcaster people in my life and not feel like I have to start from zero as to like, what even is she saying, right? Yeah, What is she talking about? I think
1: we're there. I think we're there. I know. I think I'm feeling that that same thing myself. People know beyond Serial at this point. And I think a lot of that had to do with the Serial news from last week. Because yes. it kind of made people think it was kind of like the the idea of Serial being like a lot of people's first podcast was sort of called out. And now people who did have Serial as their first podcast are like, oh, is that not appropriate anymore? Okay, I guess I should start listening to some more podcasts. So, now, <gasps> <laughs> so we're kind of like in a good spot because now they're like, okay, what else should I be listening to? And I'm like, oh, you've come to the right place. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so this is good. I mean, uh, uh, let's go ahead and switch it off and let's let's take on some news and then I'll come back to touch base with the uh, shout out that I have there. But let's go into that, uh, the celebration of the Serial news that came out, right? Yeah, so yeah. Serial is back. Because this was a surprise, yeah. at least for me. I mean, other than the news. I think for most went, people, if you
1: weren't following all of the court proceedings, you wouldn't have known what was going on. And I yeah. don't think most people were.
0: No, I, I would not have known either. I just saw the news. So let's go ahead and recap. Yeah. So Adnan Syed was essentially his um, uh, conviction was vacated
1: and therefore he was uh, released. Released to home custody. I don't know exactly what his situation is at home, but I believe he has been released and he is at home. He has not been at home for 23 years. And it's amazing and crazy and scary that his 23 years of his life were behind bars for something that the state says now that they don't have enough evidence to convict him on. So that's Mm -hmm. why he was released. And it's really amazing. And I think rumblings of it started to pop up like a week and a half ago. I follow Rabia um, Chaudhry, who was on Serial because she's the person who brought the case initially to Sarah Koenig in 1998 or 1999. Oh, no, sorry. In 2014, Mm -hmm. before Serial came out, probably 2013. 1999, of course, is when the crime happened, when Heyman Lee was killed and by who we don't know. Yeah. So Rabia hosts a podcast called Undisclosed. She is a lawyer. She's really smart. She's very into advocacy work for people who are wrongfully imprisoned. And Undisclosed covered Nod Nod's case and then covered a lot of other cases over the years of people who are wrongfully convicted and just kind of rehashes the situation, goes into the evidence and with two other lawyers figures out what is actually happening and what we should be paying attention to. And man, Rabia and Rebecca Lavoie, uh, Rebecca Lavoy hosts Crime Writers On and a bunch of other people started to post things about how Adnan might be released on Monday, uh, a week ago today. Was it a week ago today? Is that possible? Yeah. Wow. I think so. It's- yeah, it's been a week. and And then when it happened, I mean, what an awesome feeling, but also what a what what mixed feelings right you're what like mixed feelings this shouldn't yeah. have happened in the first place of course and then serial kind of like got weird serial got weird did you see iris tweet no oh my god Wait. i think i did but please please yeah so serial put out an episode on maybe tuesday or maybe late monday night i don't know because i was in singapore at the time so my time zones are all messed up but Sarah Koenig put out a 17-minute episode that was basically just recapping where the Adnan's case had been since Serial finished in 2015, Mm -hmm. I believe it was. And a lot of people said that it was not enough. And a lot of people said that because there was criticism of her initial reporting in 2014. And I think what a lot of podcast listeners will miss is that there was critical discussion around how the the story was portrayed because for a lot of people, it was like this amazing podcast with amazing music. And for other people, for like a whole segment of Baltimore and for Adnan's family, it was not, he wasn't a character. He was a person who was experiencing wrongful conviction. And so when Sarah put out this, Episode that was just 17 minutes long and didn't really retract any of the things that they said that might have been controversial or weren't completely thought out or investigated. People said it wasn't enough, and Rabia and the team at Undisclosed put out a lot more information on their podcast. So I definitely recommend checking that out. I also recommend listening to Rebecca Lavoy on uh, Icymi, which is Slate's Culture podcast. She did a really great job breaking down all of what I'm talking about much more eloquently. She's amazing. But Ira Glass tweeted the link to the episode that Serial put out and said, Sarah's coverage is still the best in the industry. And it felt really bitter and defensive. And it was weird. And the comments on that tweet are awesome because people <laughs> are really calling him out about it. And then a few days later, he comes back and he says, this was not meant to be a jab at anybody else. And it's like, then what was it meant to be? Very strange. Oh, yeah.
0: I yeah. think that now it's really hard to just do stuff like that anymore where you can you could just put things out. Yeah. And there's a you know there's a positive of a, and a not so good thing anymore cuz sometimes we do tend to have like random thoughts that pop into our head cuz I do that once in a while and I'll go on Twitter and I'll post something with zero intention. Just like hey, I really love peanuts or something I don't know, something like that. And <laughs> and then it and then it becomes what like what about oh. walnuts? I know. <laughs> what about yeah, something like that. But then maybe there was a thing like that where it's like it it is a response. It's like, I really love peanuts.
1: Yeah. What about that? How about it?
0: Exactly. And so you kind of don't know what it is. But in the context at this time, it does feel a little bit like that. And mind you, when cereal came out, I really didn't because of my joy for listening to podcasts. Sometimes I just listen. And I
1: you're not critically analyzing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm done.
0: Totally. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I listened to Serial. I thought it was very intriguing. The story, of course, I think the biggest criticism that I had at that time and and the thing that made me think a lot about was what you just mentioned, which is these are people that are being reported on. And there is a death and a young woman was murdered. And this boy at that time was being put through all kinds of stuff and, like, all of the things that you you didn't even know if this guy was going to, like, is he a murderer? I mean, can
1: you imagine just thinking about that, I like, the human aspect of it? Yeah, just that, like, people would gather at their places of work or friend groups would get together and be like, do you think Adnan did it? Like, this yes! evidence showed this. And it's like, this is just a person who who has been at that time in prison for 15 years. And it's yes. Really, and Rabia, think about it the whole time, knows that he's innocent. And so, Rabia and the family, and all the families involved, and all the legal personnel who are involved are like watching this be litigated by people who like true crime. And that's depressing. And that is
0: depressing. (laughs) And again, I was one of those people that I didn't really talk to too many people. I don't really talk to too many people, honestly. (laughs) So, it's like (laughs) I was just like, I was listening by myself. And enjoying the entire thing and, and really thinking about cereal from the perspective of like, that was a really cool podcast. Like, yes. that's what I
1: thought. Like, that was really. The music was awesome. It the made us feel something. Awesome. Yeah. It definitely. It was one of my first podcasts. It was not my first. I started listening earlier that year, though. I had just graduated from college and my friend was listening. My roommate was listening to podcasts and I was like, what are these things? Why are they so awesome? But she did listen to them out loud in the kitchen. And I think she should have been wearing headphones. So that was annoying. Mm-hmm. but. I will say that that exposed me to podcasts and that was that was great. So I really do think that if I had been like a big podcast person at the time and Serial came out, I would have been like, this is great for the industry. At that time, I didn't really know about the industry. So I'm very curious from your perspective. Were you like, yay, podcasts are now this is the thing. This is what's going to do it.
0: I did have a feeling like that where where I was. That was the very first time that people what was a trigger for me was when I was looking at my own social media and seeing my my non-podcasty friends comment on Serial. Yeah. I had never seen that. I'd been in the industry since 2006, 2007. And the majority of the shows that were being shared were within ourselves. So it was very podcast centric. It was like, I have a podcast. You have a podcast. I'll listen to your podcast. And even then telling other people about podcasts was pretty big. All right. Well, it's a podcast. How do I get it? Exactly. What are you doing? And so this was the very first time where people were sharing the show. And that was a big, huge trigger for me to see that things were changing. Now, the thing that a lot of folks don't really talk about, which was actually one of the biggest reasons as to why people were talking about this, is that that was the very first year that there was a podcast app on iOS. Wow. And so- the correlation between 2014 podcast app yeah. installed in your device and serial together Man. was the thing, right? Yeah. Because prior to that, you didn't have that.
1: Right. I, I keep hearing people who call themselves podcast listening OGs and they're like, I listened to podcasts so long ago that you had to download the file and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, "Woo!" <laughs> <It> sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I had my own podcast
0: apps, right? So that was like, and I've always been listening through podcast apps. but I had the know-how of being able to do that right and that ease of use of being able to just tell people where to go and how to get stuff was a little bit of a it was restrictive for a lot of folks and so having that come up
1: making it a native app is was huge and the fact that that coincided that is huge like thank you for enlightening me to that because i mean it all just came together at the right time to make it so that cereal was such a boom both those things that that's in that
0: conversation. So even when Sarah started to do a lot of interviews and things like that in the mainstream, people had an easier way to access that content where that was not the case before. And so in that respect, it obviously started to move up a lot more. And I think that the other thing that we thought at least the OGs in, back in the day, was when the parody started to come out. Mm-hmm. Was like...
1: You've made it. We've done it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we did it, right? Yeah, that was a lot of fun.
0: It was so fun to be able to do that. But, you know, interestingly enough, I listened to the episode, of course. And I was... What was I doing? I was walking. I was outside. And I, I put the thing on. And I almost burst out laughing. Because the song and her voice. And so now was I- Was it not-
1: Strong on SNL? Is that who it was? Yes. Yeah.
0: And so I couldn't let go of the
1: parody. I know.
0: Because it was so good. The parody was so on, so spot on. That I could not let go of the parody. And then I thought, oh, my God, it's totally the same. And her voice does sound like that. And the music is so
1: serial music. And I could not. The music's so good. I can play it in my head. I mean, what a lot of people said when this 17-minute episode came out last week was that, like, automatically you're transported back to where you were in 2014. And you're like, You know, even though there is criticism, even though you know that some of the reporting is problematic, even though you know that Adnan is now free, I am still like, wow, this is what first really made me think that podcasting could be huge. Yep. Yep. Man, (sighs) what a confusing time because you wish it were as easy as, yay, he's free. Now we can just like look back and be like, yay, Serial was a thing that really brought podcasts into the mainstream. But- It is so much more complicated than that. And I owe it to myself. I owe it to myself to tell other people. You owe it to yourself to listen to other podcasts that are reporting on Adnan Syed's case and other cases of wrongfully convicted people. So definitely check out Undisclosed. And man, I mean, complicated, but really important.
0: It's a lot, which actually I think that one thing that it really brings to the table, at least for me in terms of podcasting as an industry in general, that I do feel that there is a responsibility to journalists that are odd podcasters to behave in the same way that you would if you're writing something. Yeah. Now that said, that is also being given a little bit of a pushback, even in the writing form where when there are corrections to be done, like how do you do a correction? in an episode. And I have seen ways to be able to do that as in like, you know, opening up an episode or doing dynamically uh, created content that can go at the beginning of episodes once an episode has already been disproven or whatever, some factual something or other in there so that the historical context within the work itself can
1: stay as it is. But there's like a PSA or something that starts. Hey, before we get to this episode, we just want to let you know that other evidence has come to light. You know, and here's what it is
0: here's what it is, and absolutely can do something like that. So in that respect, I think it would behoove people to do that. And then start to think like, is that my responsibility as well? As a listener. As a listener, or even as somebody who's making podcasts like this? Yeah, true. Right? True. Do I do that if I have a, let's say, a total chat show where it's a comedy show? Does the same type of responsibility align there too?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, if we zoom out a little bit and and think less from the perspective of true crime, you know, obviously that impacts Mm -hmm. people's lives. But even next week, we're putting out a YouTube video on the Squadcast channel about TikTok for podcasters and how you can use TikTok to grow your show. So this this is completely separate, but sort of what is your responsibility as somebody who is putting out information? Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is we acknowledge at the end of the video that TikTok changes its algorithms all the time. And we may need to make a correction. Uh, We may need to say in a few months, that video, completely wrong, but we still stand with it because at a time it was true. Absolutely. So there's sort of something interesting there. Like, do we dynamically insert something that says this is no longer true, but it's still worth it? Or do we retract it entirely? We don't know. The analysis on the Slate's ICYMI podcast that Rebecca Lavoie was talking about was that sometimes what, like when you're talking about Caliphate, the New York Times podcast about an ISIS fighter that was completely disproven. They retracted it, but they still have it available. You can still go and listen to it. So I don't know. I haven't gone and listened to it and heard what it means to have a retraction on something that's in audio. But I only knew that it was retracted once I heard Rebecca Lavoie say that. That's sort of an interesting dichotomy is like, what does a retraction mean versus versus us saying this is not true versus us putting a disclaimer at the front of it? So lots of different terms to sort of parse through.
0: Absolutely. And like, look at Jenny. She says, it's weird because it's the podcast that's got me listening to podcasts, but I never actually listened to it. Oh, that's interesting. But everyone talking about it made me look into podcasts
1: and start listening. And I bet that's true for a lot of people.
0: That's really cool. Serial uh, was the first podcast I heard that showed me you could have seasons. So that's really cool. And then Patrick, Patrick Keller, I love you. I, st- I still say I started
1: podcasting. P.S. Free serial. Yeah. We love that. Me too, but just by a few months. <laughs> just by a few still months. Still counts, still counts.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but, but you know what that brings up? I actually hadn't really thought about this and, and this in, in terms of podcasting. And so this is absolutely 100% insighty podcast, okay? Because I've been podcasting about podcasting for years and often have to teach things that are new and released and stuff that's, that's happening, right? All the time where we're saying things over and over. And, you know, there were some practices like, oh, gosh, usually it has to do with like RSS feed tags for Apple podcasts, because that's like one of the things that often changes like big, bigly. And one <laughs> of them was around the fact of uh, pot, like, let's say, adding your your episode number to the title of an episode. OK, right. So we would always say, please add your episode number to the title of your episode, because there's a lot of people who often refer to that. Especially shows like this, like this is episode 374 of She Podcast. That's where Ariel, Ariel's on. And now you can actually tell your people, I was on episode 374 instead of the what it's going to be called, right? Because nobody remembers and it's going to be much longer also. Exactly. And so you can say that. And so we would often say, use the title, put the title. Then uh, Apple Podcasts say, don't put it on the title. There's a special tag. You got to put it in the special little tag. That's where it goes. And they were hammering away, hammering away. And so we had to switch it around. And we often, in the shows that we covered, it's no longer this, it's now this. You got to put it in the little tag, in the number episode number tag. That's it. Not in the title.
1: And do we then have to go back to those old episodes? Right. And dynamically insert something that says some of this information may not be true anymore. That's, <gasps> it seems like too much. <laughs> I know, right? And it's a lot of work because it's like even now. I think maybe there's an implicit understanding in tech podcasts that or things that are covering technologically based industries that things change. I think there right. is a little bit more leeway there than there is with like journalistic integrity.
0: That's true. And and you're correct. But it's something for us to think about. Totally. I think as podcasters, how do you address that? And also, I think the other thing, though, something that people don't do and video is that on YouTube, they don't do any of that, meaning like for especially for tech stuff, You know, if you like search for GarageBand tutorials, how to podcast using GarageBand, you're going to get GarageBand 5. Right. That's true. And then you'll
1: open it up and it's like, that's not my GarageBand anymore. I guess, though, with the visuals, you have a little bit more to go off of because you can see the difference between the tutorial that you're watching and then you go and click on your GarageBand with your new uh, Mac and it's much different. You know already and then you can go back and you can see with your eyes that the date on the video that you watched is from 2014. I think that helps a lot. This is correct. There's a lot more there's a lot more cues. There's a lot more senses like different senses that give you more cues and clues into what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is totally true.
1: Arielle you're getting some love here. Look oh, at this. Hi. Oh, hi. Rafi's awesome I love Rafi do you think that my voice my like what I sound like sounds like what I say on Twitter I would love to know please let me know that would be hilarious I think I have a higher voice than whenever I hear my voice back I'm like ah higher than I thought (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: and then Bonnie says but if you read the article from 2017 do you expect the latest up to date info
1: no I wouldn't I actually like to I always look at the date yeah I do too I do, too. I think it's important for blogs to have the dates in pretty obvious places. For sure. And that's why, like, if you go to the Buzzsprout blog, you'll see that they have a few posts that they continuously update. So they have, like, best courses for 2022. And um, they'll add things to it every once in a while. And that automatically makes it so that whatever their website hoster hosting site is updates the the date of the blog the date for the updated
0: stuff because it it absolutely does matter for sure especially with things like that have to do with podcasting totally so moving on here i just want to give a quick shout out to the black podcast awards winners yay so for since most of y'all are going to be listening to this on september 30th which is international
1: podcast day happy holiday yeah happy holiday to all of us we don't know we don't have a greeting yet we need to come up with an official greeting Like, what what do you mean? Like, like, you know how it's right now it's Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. So we say Shana Tova, which means uh, like a good year, a good and sweet New Year. Shana Tova Metuka. So like, what is the equivalent for that? But with International Podcast Day, I think that it is a happy International Podcast Day. Can you tell me what you had for breakfast? Um, (laughs) that's way too many words so i'm i'm down for other submissions please let me know (laughs) that would be good like what are you listening to happy listening yeah i like that what are you listening to make your ears happy someone said (laughs) um no because that's very someone said may you find all you need in the show notes oh i love that yeah i like that. i think
0: that that's great i really dig that It's a nice wish.
1: Yeah. Anyway. It's a
0: nice wish. But anyway, moving back to the Block Podcasting Awards, they had a ceremony that was during the weekend in the afternoon, which um, I did not attend because somebody's going to have to take a break at some point here from all the (laughs) podcasting stuff. I
1: was able to catch like a few snippets of it, but I was driving and my internet kept cutting out. But I watched Barry accept her award through through like very... the, the internet kept being like, she was like, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. So,
0: y'all, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for the list of all of the of the winners here. But we are referring to Barry from Podcasting Color, who uh, was awarded the Legend Award, which is very well received. And First what ever. an amazing thing to be awarded the legend award i mean who doesn't want to get that
1: yeah it's pretty legit (laughs) super
0: legit and there's a lot of our friends that have that are part of our community as well that got um some awards namely even like the the what is it where is she demona hoffman that won like the uh, best black podcast of the year award for dates and demona's awesome I love Damona and my friend from Queer News, Anna Deshawn. So many awards for that one as well. So there's so many good folks that definitely uh, that won some wonderful awards there. So check it out. Check out the link in the show notes and listen to those podcasts. That would be great. Consume them. Please, please, please consume the podcasts. But now we're going to be shifting into the other bit of news that we got this, ye- this, this year that everybody's been talking about. Oh, my God. So Nick Qua, uh, writing for The Vulture, The Vulture, for Vulture, I don't think it's The Vulture, but for it, yes, um, wrote an article called Podcasting is Just Radio Now. And holy crap, did it get people talking, Ariel. Oh, my
1: goodness. I was on a plane when this came out when this article came out. And then I logged onto Twitter when I landed and somebody tweeted, this is a big day for the podcast group chats. And I was like, oh, my God, what happened? You know, that was my first clue that something happened. And then I went to Slack and people were surely talking about it because this really stirred up a bit of controversy. First, what is your initial reaction to that? Is podcasting just radio now? Are you kidding me? No, that's like not like uh, that was the hell no. (laughs) That was it, man. It really it really ripped people apart. People were like my initial reaction was like, I want to I want to yell about this. I want to like talk to people like I was sad that I missed the first few hours of responding to it. But then I was like, you know what, Arielle, you don't need to respond to everything. You don't need to have a hot take. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. So I was like, let me read this. Let me consume it. Let me think about it. And let me let me then put forth how I feel I don't need to share how I feel to other people. You know what I mean? Like, n- people aren't knocking down my door. Like, what do you think of the Nick Qua article? But I do think that I came to some good conclusions that might be helpful for others. I
0: want to hear them. I want to okay. hear them because I've been thinking okay, about I this. Okay, I wrote them
1: down. Okay. Oh, good. I'll look at you.
0: I did too. I actually talked to my phone and I wrote them down by, <laughs> with my voice. I love that. That's a great so. way to do
1: it. Okay, here are my thoughts. I'm just pulling them up. <sighs> okay, I wrote... I was sad that I was on a plane when this happened because I missed the in the moment discourse, which I love. I love in the moment discourse, which is similar to how I loved the in the moment discourse around Serial and missing Richard Simmons, sort of like we were just talking about it. The feeling of just like being there when other people are talking about it. But there are a lot of things around this article. And my first thought was that my non-podcast industry friends listen to a lot of podcasts and most of those people don't listen to the same podcasts, right? So my friend right. Rachel has a different favorite podcast from my friend Dina, from my friend Leah, from my friend this, from my friend that. Like maybe every once in a while we'll listen to the same podcast. But for the most part, we are listening to a lot of different podcasts. And I think that that's a good thing, not just because my friends get to listen to podcasts that are more suited towards them, but also because it's good for advertisers. Right. Mm-hmm. My The advertisers get to target my friends based on what they individually like. You know, that's a capitalistic mindset, but that's good for the industry. Right. It's going to continue bringing money into the industry. My next thought is that monoculture isn't really a thing anymore anywhere. We are never listening to, we are never watching, we are never reading the same things anymore because there's just too much going on. And sometimes that's sad because, you know, there's a, there's like a really nice feeling when everybody's watching the Super Bowl, right? There's a really nice feeling when everybody's watching the end of Game of Thrones. I didn't watch it, but it seemed cool for people who were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, look, it, it's it's a good feeling to like be around people who are Talking about, thinking about. That's why like religion works for some people. You like to be in the same place as other people who are discussing and and feeling and all of that in the same place at the same time. But it's not really a thing in media anymore. Um it's not the same in TikTok. Everybody's for you page is very different. But I think that what that means is that it makes it more special when something does break through when every mm-hmm. once in a while, there is a show, there is a podcast, there is a movie where everyone like with um, everything everywhere, all at once, everyone was talking about that. Again, I didn't see it, but people seem to like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And then um, my last take is that I do think that we can strive for the big hit. What what Nick Kwa was saying in this article was that we like it's over, like we can't have a big podcast hit anymore. There's no more podcast blockbusters. And I don't think that's true. I think that There is a show that can appeal to everybody, podcast industry folks and podcast listeners, straight up just podcast listeners. And I think that the reason that it's hard to come by that is because we have to experiment a lot in order to find a show that works for everybody. And that is very expensive. Yeah.
0: This is where I would push back a little bit on that. It would literally just be it can't be something you strive for. Mm. It's something you work towards in the sense of doing your work the best way that you can do it and doing all the things you just said, experimentation, trying new formats, testing out like how to use different mediums, because I think the other thing and because you're amazing in terms of marketing, but I also really think that the way that a lot of people are getting into podcasting are in from a variety of different places. And I think now in order to get that podcast hit you have to have the tentacles everywhere so it's yeah. like you might call people from twitter to listen to the full episode um excuse me from tiktok if i'm like looking at small little somethings or others that like drop little things like i think that there's something really magical about being able to drop crumbs, if you will, into like the larger storytelling thing. It's something that I've often told my own uh, people that I mentor, which is creating an entire ecosystem of what your conversation is, what your story is. So that when they go to your TikTok, when they go to your Instagram, when they go to your Twitter, they get a little something, they get a little something that you don't get in the other places. And then when you put it all together, you get like the whole thing. And I think that, you know, in the past, movies sometimes did this very well well franchises like Harry Potter and stuff like that did that really well because they incorporated the tidbits in so many different types of media the toys the books the t-shirts the hidden things hidden secrets in the website and it just be, it it fueled people's like desire to want to go deeper into these things and so there is a lot of experimentation that needs to go there but it can't come from the sense of like let's make that the must have a hit. Buster yeah, it doesn't hit because it doesn't work that way. People are not going to go to those things. They just, they're just not, it's going to come out of nowhere. You know, it's yeah. like, that's the thing. And I think for me, uh, what did I write? I'm going to read you like what I wrote that I haven't reread other than one that <laughs> came out of my mouth. So I don't even know like what it actually says. It probably says, so I said, I said, wait, what happens if there isn't a hit to podcasting that, uh, that question inherently feels as if there's no value to podcasting right. outside of the giant hit. If folks are investing millions and millions of dollars into a production, into a single show with, with the hopes of having it be a blockbuster, then possibly yes. But if you see the value that podcasts bring to millions of people outside of one show as a collective, then it doesn't matter. And then I said, what is a podcast? And that is uh, is not changing the medium. What if a podcast is not creating art, but it's creating a shifting culture? It's creating a new way of doing things in the world. It's creating resources and building community in the world through the vehicle of a podcast, which is how I see it a lot more because for me, it's a solution to problems versus what I do with like Netflix, <laughs> or like HBO Max, which that's like, ooh, I want to watch the new show. Like that's different than what I do when I'm, you know.
1: I use podcasts to learn. I use podcasts to take me on a walk. Yeah, but when it comes to TV, that's not really what I'm doing. Um, Right. Yeah, I posted on Twitter in response to this. I just had questions for people in general about how they consume podcasts. And then Mm -hmm. I realized that my Twitter is very much populated by people who work in the industry or have podcasts or something. So I posted it on Instagram, too. Just how do you consume podcasts? If you consume podcasts, what do you listen to? Do you discuss those podcasts in online or in-person communities? And some of the responses that I got were people telling me that, They use podcasts very differently from how they use other types of media. So one person said that he uses podcast uses is also an interesting way to to put it. right? Like I don't use TV per se. I watch TV Um, and Mm -hmm. I don't always use podcasts, but sometimes I just enjoy and consume and walk and whatever. But this person put it as he uses podcasts whenever his eyes don't need to be used. Right. So like if he's going for a walk or if he is like. I don't know, watching his kids or or cooking or cleaning, you know, some of the some of the ways that we all talk about the way that we consume podcasts, but uses podcasts is sort of an interesting way to put it. It's utilitarian.
0: I love that you asked that question because I told you that I was going to ask to my podcasty people too, and they did answer, and I was like super ex- excited to hear about this, and I was very curious. I'm just going to read off some of the podcasts that were mentioned from my non-podcasty people, and this yeah, was a, good idea. a a wide type of person. So these are all types of people that are super not the podcasty tech folks. Okay, so Joe Rogan was the first mentioned. Uh, the God Minute, Father Mike Schmitz, a little bit culty mm. stuff. You should know, Spanish lessons. Another Utilitarian, Joe Rogan. I'm telling
1: you, people. I, use know, it. I know,
0: right? Diary of a CEO and the Hidden Brain, Bill Burr, Doug Stanhope, and and again, um, Joe Rogan. And a lot of them, what they mentioned is that they don't engage. There was like one person who said that they follow the show and comment on their social and they're a member of their book club. Um, And then there's another one that occasionally gives a shout out on social when an episode is extraordinary. Mind you, though, the majority of the people that said that they don't engage also said wouldn't know how.
1: Interesting. Interesting.
0: So I was like, oh, that's very interesting because of that. Also, I did have somebody who actually connected with me way back in the day, because mind you, I started podcasting a yoga podcast in in 2006, which I was teaching an entire class in audio only. Wow. So that was like what I did. And so people I, I got a very fast following at that time for many different X factors that cannot be repeated anymore. And I connected with my community immediately because the people that I learned from were all always talking about audio feedback or send us feedback or email the show. Every wow. single podcast back in the day was saying that. So that's how we got to know each other. And so I started right away saying, like, email me, email me, email me. And Twitter had just started being a thing. I signed up for for Twitter and I fought and all of and told them to follow me on Twitter, and they didn't even know what that was. Um, I started a Facebook group way back in the day. Again, didn't even know that was a thing either. Um, and so they all joined the Facebook group in 2007. But this woman, she mentioned that, um, she, hold on, let me see. She goes, she said, honestly, I listened to and practiced your to your yoga podcast more consistently than any other podcast. Wow. I also have never engaged though. Also wouldn't really know how. And mm. interestingly enough, it never actually hit me. I was like- I, you know, I commented with her and then I was like, wait a minute, we connected because you engaged with me. So you must like, have. Yeah. You know what I mean? You engaged with me. You followed me on Facebook. Like you're still following me on Facebook. We've that's, been following each tail. other. That's,
1: that's the long tail. That's the goal. That's what you right? hope for when you start a podcast is like that you grow your stance as a, as an authority in a space. And oh my God, that's however many years, that's 10 years, 10 plus years. It's It's amazing.
0: Over, yeah. It's forever. It's ten plus, and I'm not even doing that anymore, and she's still following me. And so it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's a point there where we we do have to be better. And I do feel like that was my biggest um, criticism, not criticism, I I guess, or maybe not even complaint, but something that I wish new podcasters would understand, especially from the fancier folks, the folks that are like more core caster type podcasting, if you will, the big podcasting, (laughs) yeah, is. The fact that the reason that I am where I am now is because the podcast that I used to listen to always gave me an email address. Interesting. They always did. And so I always emailed the show. Yeah, I'm a big I always called the
1: number. Oh yeah, Lauren and I call ourselves Lauren Passell and I call ourselves call-in girls. We love yeah. whenever there's it's an opportunity the, we're like, "Yes, we will participate." <laughs> yes. And it's like if
0: you have the number and you have the email, I do I got my first Gmail address. Because that's how long I've been podcasting, Ariel. Come on now. Gmail was in beta, like before when you only could be invited. And one of the first shows that I listened to, because I'm such a nerd, was a Computer 101 podcast. Okay, don't judge me. (laughs) So it was a computer 101 podcast and I was listening to it. And the professor said, if anybody wants an invite to Gmail, just email me and I'll give it to you. And I was like, oh my God. And I totally wrote him That's how you're on
1: Gmail. That's crazy. That's how I got in.
0: Yeah. And he sent me the invite to, a podcaster did. And I totally signed up. I got into Gmail way back before it was like super cool to do that. You know, I had a Gmail address and it was it was amazing that I was able to then connect with the next person who left audio feedback on his show. He sent in audio feedback and he talked about his podcast and I started to listen to him Wow! and I emailed him and he taught me how to podcast. Wow. This other guy. So it was like, that's what I find is missing now because there's a lot of shows that make the show and they are the show. Yeah. Whereas when I started, it was, we are the show always connected always a dialogue always back and forth and now there's a lot of the the big podcasters are big podcasters and they take the stage and I think that there's time and a place for all of that for sure mm-hmm. but there it's a little more like us and them they're on stage I'm the audience and I watch them in the same way that radio so in that respect ah interesting it feels like radio okay and respect tie bow on it for sure yeah
1: but- wow that's an interesting way to look at it
0: yeah. So it was a, but that's what I'm missing. I'm missing that. Where's the phone number? <laughs> right.
1: Right. Give me a way to call in. Give me a way to participate as, and if these big celebrity podcasts or podcasts that are just made, you know, with a lot of budget behind them think, oh, it's going to take so much time to respond to all of the people who want to be in touch with me, there are ways to do it that make people yes. feel special without having to talk to every single person. You know, like there's a way for you to interact on social and to streamline that. And, I don't know. I I tweeted about this the other day, but I should I think every podcast should think about what is the one question that bonds your audience? Right. What is the one question that you think people would like to answer and then put that question out there and let people have a way to respond to it? And then you can use those responses how you want. You can read them on the show. You can ask people to put them in the reviews for your podcast. You can even play them on the show as their own episodes or as bonus episodes. There's just so many reasons to ask for engagement. And I'm not discounting how hard it is to get engagement for a lot of people, but it's definitely worth thinking about what is the question that you build your show around that your listeners want to be answering? And that'll just help guide you in so many different ways. In so many different
0: ways. Um, Lena says, I have asked my listeners to email me photos of what they're doing when they listen to my podcast. I love that. And then she uses them in her newsletter, which is super awesome. I love that too. There are so many different lovely ways to get that engagement. And, and Ariel, like you really, this is really good that you said, like you focus on that one thing. I know the way that I manage feedback for the feed, which is a almost all community feedback. I only manage it through email. Like mm. there's no, like I don't do anything else. Like you email the show. Sometimes I don't even respond to the emails and we process everything on the show. So that's the way that I manage the workload. Because if you start to respond to every person, it's going to become my job. And I have right. other things to right. do. You have a job. So <laughs> I have a job. So the feed stuff, that's why there's a special email address. It all goes in there. I don't respond and everything is responded to on the show. Like it's our show content. So you have to,
1: you have to listen to the show in order to know that you got a response. And that's exactly. great.
0: That's the way we do it. Now, there's another show that I really love. And they, they do the whole like hashtag ask, right? Mm. At hashtag ask. Whatevs, and the way that they do it is that they have that hashtag automatically all populated into a uh, spreadsheet. Wow! And so they don't even follow that at all. They literally have it automatically pop up all the questions, and then they just go down the list and they'll pick the ones that they do and they'll answer that. At the they open their show, and then they answer the ask whatever question and go from there. And that way they've removed the friction of having to sift through all of those answers. So you always have to use whatever works for your workflow to be able to do that.
1: Right. Right. And how much time you have. Yeah. There's a lot more beyond just, hey, leave us a rating and review and leave your question in the review. Uh, That's not always accessible to people. Sometimes they you know, are driving while they're doing it. And then when it's done, it's done. But maybe they'll remember an email address. Maybe they'll remember that you're on Instagram. You know, there's just so many other ways to go about totally. it. Totally, I love this. Look, Bonnie's loving it.
0: What's the question you build your show around is a really great question for every podcaster. It's very good.
1: Yeah. Yay, Bonnie. The example we love it. that I always think of is there's a show called How to Do the Pot, which is about cannabis for women. And the host has people call in with a two to five minute voice clip answering the question, what is the first time that you bought legal weed? Describe that time. And I think that's like a really beautiful way to ask people because it's sort of a vulnerable question, but it's also acknowledging that this was scary at one point, but now it's becoming less scary as states continue to legalize cannabis. So you get people calling in with all sorts of really interesting answers and um, she plays those on the show. And then people want to listen so that they can hear their voice on the show and then share yep and sometimes people really want to help. I think that that's one thing
0: that I've felt on the feed again whenever I ask a very key question that's literally like I the other day I was just like, I really want a what do you call that thing where you read? Oh my gosh, I totally forgot teleprompter. Ah, yes, <laughs> I want one too. <laughs> I'm like, yes, so I'm like, I want a teleprompter, but I had stipulations. I'm not gonna spend like crazy amounts of money on that. I don't want a fancy super one. I want something that's portable and I can easily put up and out of my way because that's like that is key to my podcasting setup. It's got to be portable and in and out. I want one. Yeah. Let me know. (laughs) I know. So then I'm like, this is what I wanted. And they gave me, I got so many people telling me stuff. I was just like, this is great. Sometimes people just really want to help. And that's another thing. But mind you, it is genuine. Like I didn't set them up. To just send me things right. without me actually genuinely needing this, but every time that I have needed something, they always send it to me, which they is amazing. Yeah, um, we are going to be finishing up here uh, very soon, but I'm going to have you because you already speak very fast, Miss Ariel. I'm going to uh, put you on the spot here for our tool tip section.
1: Elsie's tool tips, and
0: I'm just going to ask you one question. And, and it's around Twitter. So I'm really curious about what management tools you use when you're engaging on Twitter. Apps and, you know, are you on your phone? Are you on the computer? Do you use the, anything other than the Twitter.com app? Is there something else?
1: That's a great question. I, I really come up with ideas and I draft threads on my phone. I draft threads on my computer. Wait, hold. I'm very nerdy where do you put them? Where, what are you using on the phone and what are you using on the, where do you draft the threads? Literally Twitter. I, I go on Twitter and it's, it's really not a, a very good um, user experience to do this, but I usually go on Twitter and I start typing it out and then I do the plus button. There's a lot of weird stipulations and interesting bugs that are popping up, but in order to save a thread, if you're not ready to post it right then and there, you have to exit out and then press save as draft. The other option is delete, and sometimes you delete by accident, and it's a problem. There are tools that you can use. Like I'm trying to Google one because I did use one recently because I was collaborating on a thread with somebody else, and we were doing it on this really interesting program. Maybe Hype Fury, or I love Hype
0: Fury. there's
1: one called like Tweetfully or something like that, um, and I like that a lot because you basically just. Hit the return key a few times, and that creates a new tweet. And then you can publish right from there because it integrates with your Twitter. It logs in Mm -hmm. to Twitter for you. So I really like that. And I'll probably start using that a little bit more. But I don't use anything, any schedule tools, not for my personal Twitter or for any of the accounts that I manage. I really just like to post right then and there. And I'm sure my life could be made a little bit easier if I did use those to a certain extent. But I do like to have the control over, like, I want to be posting this right now. So you literally are using Twitter stuff like from Twitter. Yeah.
0: You're not using third party apps like Tweetbot or Mm -mm. any of that stuff or Hootsuite or any Mm. of those things. I've
1: tried. Didn't really work for my workflow. I tend
0: to write outside of that. Like whenever I write it because I'm constantly interrupted, which I don't know if you are, but I've lost so many things (laughs) on the fly. Yeah. Where I start writing in the middle of the thing and then like somebody comes in and I got to go and then I
1: forget that I have Twitter on and then I refresh and then I'm I've lost it or gone. I switched accounts and I'm me gone. Too. And that I'm like, happens to me and I'm really sad about it sometimes. So I'm trying to get smarter about it, but not ideal. But sometimes I'm like, OK, if it was a great idea, it'll come back to me. And if it's gone, then maybe I shouldn't have posted it in the first place. So I try oh to gosh. I try to live like that. <laughs> Dude, that is so crazy! All right, well, I don't want to keep you any longer. My mind is blown,
0: really, because like I'm such a workflows person. Be- I need again, better workflow. So because I had to, yeah. I used to have to do it. But mind you, are you on iOS? Yeah. Um, I would suggest to you a really wonderful app that I use all the time. It's called Drafts. And it's really just for handling tech. I mean, it's really powerful. Like you can oh, do wow. so many different things, like super nerdy and like workflowy and like all kinds of stuff. But the reason that I like it because it handles text really, really well, just plain text. And you can copy and paste stuff really fast from one thing to the other. And it is cross-platform within the iOS ecosystem. So if I start writing oh, a that's tweet really cool. on my phone, like really quickly, I can immediately come to my computer and it's all it's already there. Like that's where I had my thing where I was just reading that I talked, that I said that I talked into it. I opened up drafts. I had thoughts around the article that I was reading. And I just started talking into drafts and it automatically transcribed what I was saying, then I can very easily just come back to it and and read it. And I hadn't really done that ever because I found that Siri uh, dictation kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I had heard that it has gotten so much better. And this was the first time that I've tested it out and mind blown, mind blown. I'm like, I will never type Again, (laughs) when I'm on the flight, because usually I have thoughts and I'm like, oh, I have to be at my computer to let my fingers move. And so now I can I can just talk it as soon as like things come out and then be able to edit that out. But drafts is is a lifesaver for me. I'm going to do that. Uh, Yeah, so good. And then then you can, and it goes away. So like you open it up and it like a new like you don't have to anyway,
1: whatever. You'll figure it out. It's so good. Anyway, Ariel, where can people connect with you? I'm most active on Twitter, Ari this and that. And then if you Google me, uh, Arielle Nissenblatt, I am the only person with my name in the world, I think. But I would love to be proven wrong. (laughs) (laughs) With my world, with my
0: name in the world. This is good. I love that. (laughs) Yay! Thank you so much for being on the show. And I just wanna give uh, those of you who are still listening here, I am gonna be doing a couple of Twitter spaces. One of them is, um, I believe, already happened. Oh, I forgot that oh, this God. is like September. Th- oh my God. I, well, there you could look listen to the recording, um, which would be um, one that's following up a live event that we are doing for Libsyn, which is all about um, when you hit a, a, a plateau and growing your audience. So we're going to be discussing and wrapping up things. Actually, it's today. I mean, today, as in like September 30th. Um, It's happening today. So if you guys listen to this before 11 a.m. Eastern Standard, you can go ahead and join that Twitter Spaces. I'm going to be recapping what happened uh, before and then getting a little bit deeper. And then on November 16th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard, I'll be doing a follow up Twitter spaces to get us back together for the Multilingual Podcasters Meetup, which we had um, a couple of weeks ago as of now. And it was a wonderful, wonderful event. So it's a little accountability event that I want to see, like if everybody connected with each other like they said that they would or if they followed up on something because I'm all up for like people doing stuff and not just sitting back and consuming. So that is it, everybody. Thank you so much for being here today, Ariel. And I hope to have you back. It'll be it was amazing. It was so Yeah, fun. it was
1: really fun. Thank you for having me.
0: Yay! All right folks. Bye-bye.
1: <laughs>